0: Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. I'm glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. You are listening to Season 1, Episode 5 of Let's Talk Hemp in the 422. I'm your co-host, Morris Beagle, hanging out with my partner in hemp spirit, Rick Trojan. And here at the 422, every day is Earth Day. Today's guest is Hunter Buffington, Executive Director from Cohaya, the Colorado Hemp Industries Association, and Chapter of the National HIA, and she'll be discussing with us current legislation around marijuana waste and recycling and differing opinions from both sides of the fence. Before we get into that, please feel free to email us questions at the422 at letstalkhemp.com, and you can check out our archived episodes of the 422 at letstalkhemp.com and blogtalkradio.com slash letstalkhemp. We'd love to hear some feedback, and on that note, I'll turn it over to Rick and see what's been up in his world since the last time we chatted a week ago.
1: Thanks, Morris. We took the Hemp Road Trip bus to Iowa for our second
0: year anniversary.
1: I can't believe it's been only two years. It seems like a lifetime. Two years ago, we went out to see a bunch of legislators and presidential primary candidates. And thinking we'd have this thing, the Hemp Law passed a couple of months once we told everyone what Hemp was about. Two years later, we're still trying to get Iowa, get their head around it. We met with uh, people on both sides of the House and the Senate, Democrats and Republicans a lot of key positions. It's actually in the Ways and Means Committee on the Senate side, I believe it's going to be moved over to the House side. And we met with a lot of good folks working with uh, our lobbyist group there with Vote Hemp and um, our, our Iowa Hemp Association uh, colleagues as well. So it was a much different questions, much different landscape this time. They were asking about opportunities for economics and logistics on planting and harvesting and um, told them there there's a decortication facility in Omaha, a couple hundred miles away, 140 miles away. So they were in a much bigger advantage position than we were here in Colorado because they have a process facility for fiber after herd. So great, uh, great conversations. We taught farmers. We taught, uh, we went up with the farm bureau, the young farmers conference and spoke with a bunch of power farming couples. Just like the coolest thing I've ever said. Um, it was absolutely fantastic. They were super into hemp. They want additional opportunities. They're, they're getting killed in corn, getting killed in wheat, getting killed in hay. Um, so they, they need a real opportunity. And so hemp provides that for them uh both in real time and, and um on, on paper. So great trip out to Iowa. The bus broke down twice. I think the bus is allergic to Iowa. Uh, it was so cold one night that the alternator, the belt on the alternator broke. When we we got there, we spoke with farmers, we got back on, started it, jump started, it, and the alternator belt like literally froze and snapped away. So um Iowa from a cold standpoint needs some uh some warmth and hopefully we can get some hemp in there so we
0: can warm that thing up. Power farming couples. What the hell is a right. power farming couple?
1: It's a couple. It's farms, but dude, they farm with power. You know what I mean? So there's, I is think, that like a, is that like, is that like
0: Aaron it. and Margaret? Those guys, those two are a power farming couple. That's what I would say a power farming couple is.
1: Dude, I think we should start the hashtag PFC.
0: Hashtag PFC. PFC. Power <laughs> farming couple.
1: And no, I mean the term is a real term, and I just met with them in Iowa. like They're killing it. The key thing is, I had all their little districts, like all the couples and all that, and their kids and what they're doing, like. It's absolutely fantastic to hear what, like, a lot of them are growing cattle, growing all of what they're doing can be supplemented with with industrial hemp, right? From a food standpoint, livestock standpoint, all of them could benefit. Just reading their profiles, all of them could benefit across the board on their farms with this crop. So uh, it's just a matter of helping them understand how that can be done, right? That's our focus moving forward is part of the focus of our trip is focusing on teaching farmers the logistics of the ins and outs of how to get this done. From a high-level standpoint, right? So they can understand how the crop needs to get to to know the land and the farmers need to get to know the crop. So we're going to just teach them the basic high-level stuff.
0: Do you think that there will be legislation that will pass in Iowa this year that will legalize hemp in the state?
1: Yes. I think for real, we've been there five times or six times. The conversations we had this time with and the people we had them with because of the group we've hired with hemp and, and are now collaborations with multiple interests in Iowa. It's a real it's a real movement, and they, they don't want CBD. This is a seed and fiber-only bill, which is exactly, you know, it's agriculture, which it is, and Iowa needs this, and the farmers are hungry for it, and the legislators understand that the farmers are hungry, and they're pissed because they're getting killed on traditional crops and conventional agriculture. So they're tired of all the inputs and all the costs. Hemp alleviates all of those costs, right? And just your inputs are are water and seed. So, and you can you can harvest it traditionally with traditional machinery. And you can, I mean, you can get going with a couple couple acres, a couple hundred acres. And I mean, you don't have to get going crazy, but try it out. Clean up your soil and put organic soil back in Iowa. There's almost none, no organic soil in Iowa. They need help bad. Revi- they have pesticides in their water supply. It's that bad. So toxic. I came back and I had a sinus infection for two days. I'm not blaming Iowa, but I'm, that's where I went.
0: Well, I think that. We need to make Iowa great again. I don't know if Iowa was ever great before, but it's time to make Iowa great again.
1: Iowa Iowa's can't. great.
0: Now. Iowa's an agricultural state. They
1: should be growing this. Like it's it's they're, it's <laughs> almost absurd. They're one of the last fifteen states that have nothing to do with industrial hemp. They have CBD legislation, but not industrial hemp.
0: It's super absurd. It's super absurd. Welcome back to Let's Talk Hemp in the 422, and this week's guest is Hunter Buffington, Executive Director of the Colorado Hemp Industries Association. Welcome to the show, Hunter.
2: Thank you, Morris. Hi, Rick. I'm excited to be here and to talk industrial hemp with you guys.
1: Hey, Let's Talk Hemp. Tell us a right. little bit about, uh, I saw you last night um, and the State House here in Colorado. Tell us what was happening.
2: So we had the opportunity to go and talk to the committee for the House of Representatives for agriculture and natural resources and specifically we were there to talk about a cannabis recycling bill so that's coming on the marijuana side to allow the opportunity to recycle stalks and stems instead of putting it in the landfill and turn that into usable products
1: and what who all testified yesterday and what what was what was said what was what was the proponents and what who were the or what not who, but just what was the opposition, if anything?
2: Oh, excellent. So um, it was an amazing opportunity for the cannabis industry as a whole, both the marijuana side and the industrial hemp side, to come together to really talk about environmental stewardship and also jump-starting a, a new and burgeoning industry. I think that a lot of times we work really hard to separate industrial hemp and and marijuana, but this is a really historical opportunity for the two industries to come together. So, in proponents, um, people that were coming to support the bill, we had 12 folks that testified yesterday, and they came from not only the waste industry, so folks who are watching their landfills fill up with tons of marijuana waste, to folks that are in the marijuana industry that would like to to get their waste out of the landfill and see it turn into usable products. To folks from the industrial hemp side who would like to see us increase the biomass so that we could turn that into usable products. And again, start taking care of our environmental stewardship, being responsible for how we're producing this plant and what our impact is. There was quite a few people that came out to testify in support of the bill. We did also have one group support, um, or I'm sorry, testify neutral, which I hope we get a chance to talk about. And then we did have two opponents and the opponents, one of them brought forth really great points that I'd also like to address. But this is really our first start in getting into the political arena as the Colorado Hemp Industries Association. And I'm excited to Address everything that we learned yesterday, and to take this bill forward and really see the potential impact come out of it from new legislation.
1: Well, to be clear, the bill's dead in, in committee. I did it did not pass <laughs> on, 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 on the six-six tie. So the bill is yes. dead. So the bill is yes. not moving forward. But also, um, let's let's talk about the opposition here because you said um, there were some valid points in the opposition. I was there. And I I disagree. So what what help me understand what you think was a valid was a was a valid point, which is fine, but help me understand what's what was a valid point.
2: One of the big concerns that I have heard from my members, and again this is a member led organization. So Michael Were these is
1: were then, these members that were testifying against, just to be clear? these members it of fire that were testifying against? Okay.
2: Yes. So I actually yes. reached out to them to have a conversation about supporting the bill for the production of material to be used in buildings, so specifically herd products for hemp And they told me that they were in support of the bill. And when they went to testify, they did actually testify neutral. And the reason that they testified neutral is because they wanted to clarify that we were not going to get woven products from this recycled material. And they do have a valid point. This is not material that's gonna be turned into t-shirts to rope or to canvas, but rather material that could be utilized to create her products for hempcrete, as well as plastics that can be made from that material, the potential for compost as well as animal bedding. So I think that their point was really valid in that we have to keep the integrity of industrial hemp fibers. It is a special material that can do amazing things, but that's not going to be the end product from this recycling bill. So I think that we can do a better job of communicating that and, again, making sure that we maintain that integrity of the the real quality hemp fiber products that, that we have.
1: Uh, I understand their point. Their points will take their point. I understand well taken, but you can come out in favor of something and so clarify. Um, saying you're going to come out in favor and come out neutral, I think is a different thing, especially at the time of testimony. Um, I think that was, that was definitely a surprise to a lot of us in the room. Um, but, but I think, um, and we can do a better job of vetting who we bring in to testify for next time for sure, right? We want to make sure everyone has a voice, but we want to make sure the voice is, is consistent and, in line with a message that uh, what this bank can do and clarifies correctly what, what we can do moving forward. As you said, we're starting, we're new, we're all getting, you know, we're a new industry, we're a new trade association here in Colorado. So we have room to grow and we'll always continue to grow, right? That's what we should be doing. So, which is great. But I'm talking about, let's go back to the opposition. So you, you said the opposition has some valid points. I said, I disagree. Help me understand where I'm wrong.
2: So, I think that one of the things that we're learning in this industry is how to really embrace the true potential of this plant. When we talk about the potential for our long fibers and bast, that's a whole market segment that we're, we're just really starting to get into. And to clarify, again, you know, this fiber material is right now just being put in, into the landfill. It's not being utilized at all. So this is products that are, excuse me, material that can be turned into this short herd products. And what that does is it actually diversifies the industry and it creates a value for those different supply chains. So I think that's one thing that we can really communicate to the members is that our beloved T-shirts and fabric made out of hemp is not the product that we're talking about at this point. And that's a benefit to the industry. You know, once again, we're really just learning all the true potential for this plant. And we're talking only about fiber plants and seed and stock right now, not seed, not oil, not any of the other product potentials that are, are out there.
0: We need biomass to get this whole side of the industry going here in Colorado. It's obviously been lagging on the industrial hemp side, but I don't see any reason why moving forward, we utilize the stuff from the marijuana industry and get this fiber side of the industry going. There would be money to be allocated to it. It's only going to help the industrial hemp side going down the road three, five, 10 years.
1: The reality was, and what we testified to yesterday was people were like, "Oh, we don't understand how this is going to springboard the hemp industry." One of the opposition's points, right, to so just clarify what was presented as opposition was they didn't like the way it was presented, right? whatever, which doesn't mean anything. there, there was no substantive opposition at all. so um and, and I think unless unless you have anything to add, I don't think there was no real opposition that had a valid point. There was no valid points in opposition the one The one individual brought up a study that he did on three samples you know it was just it was a horrible. There was no substance opposition, so I think bringing everyone together and helping, helping get. There was. I think it was like what Hunter like twenty five thousand pounds a month of fibrous material is thrown away in the marijuana industry. It's something a like half that. Half a ton
2: so, every other day, so that's a ton. Yeah. So okay. So yeah. Exactly. So.
1: Days. But still, let's okay. Let's go with that. That's that's literally that will allow a processing facility to be an investment to be made in a processing facility because we now have monthly ongoing supply versus having to wait till October or for the next harvest, right? And getting some some greenhouses here and there on the hemp side. So it will literally allow Colorado to start innovating and researching and doing the things that we should be doing because we're going to have to, that's going to be our role moving forward. We're not going to be growing the most hemp
2: in the, in the country.
1: We have to start innovating. And this is one way to allow us to allow us to, a recycle more as a, as a as a state and allow us to generate revenue and create jobs. Literally, we'll create an industry overnight for this stuff. It'll be it'll be fantastic. That's you know, true. And try, one yeah. of
2: the the things that I get really excited about is we have four different entrepreneurial organizations, companies that are building, have create houses, and I hear from them all the time that we simply do not have enough material for them to create the number of houses that they're having demand for. So simply addressing the biomass to give them enough herd material to get out there and start building houses, that will change not only our built environment, but the waste out there, and it will help propel the hemp building industry, especially here in Colorado. Again, we've got four businesses that are already ready to build houses and do not have enough material. The other aspect is that Colorado is well known for being a green innovator. We get a lot of accolades around the the country for for the innovation that we see, especially here on the Front Range. And the opportunities for plastics are huge. But the reality again is that we don't have enough material to allow for research and development to really see what the true potential is of this byproduct of cannabis waste. It's a huge opportunity.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. In the hemp industry, we grow for this by, we grow for this byproduct of the marijuana industry, right? So it's- Again, same plant, it's just legal definitions make this whole thing convoluted. So we're all coming together. This is one way that started started happening on both sides of the plant. And uh, I think it's a great bill. Uh, unfortunately, it died. So what is the next step, Hunter? What is COHIA doing moving forward? How is Are we reintroducing the bill? Is it yeah. what, I mean, we're rewriting it? How? What's the next steps? And, and how okay. do we get there?
2: So, um, so, again, this is a learning process, and we're just going to get better and better. And something I want to bring up is that two of the no votes were literally no right now. And one of those legislators reached out to me to clarify that the bill had some issues. It wasn't written as well as they were hoping for, and that a lot of the changes were submitted to them two days before the committee had testimony. For us, that's a lot about making sure that we have the sponsor prepped ahead of time that the bills really well written. And so they really reached out to encourage me to resubmit the bill. So we already have a Senate sponsor and a House sponsor, not the same one, but two new sponsors from each of the branches who have stepped forward that said that they want to run the bill. So the bill is definitely coming back. It's going to be a late bill introduced sometime in March. Um, we're going to streamline our testimony. Also, make sure that we clarify what the outcome of the product development could potentially be. That way, we can answer these questions for our members in the hemp industry. And then, just make sure that we're really addressing what the the real triple bottom line of this bill is. So, the social opportunities, the environmental opportunities, and then the real heavy hitter is the potential for the economic development. But we're just going to get better. And next time that we get in committee, I think we're going to have more to say to them to make sure that we're as clear as possible. And and it was said to me that this is the first that this committee, and again, this is agriculture and natural resources, they don't consider marijuana legislation. And so there was a real need for us to educate them and to make sure that this this bill was written as clearly as possible for them to move it forward. But I, I bring that up because two of those votes were really Procedural and not about the bill. So there was a real invitation for us to bring it back, make sure that we address that, and it's clean and ready to go.
1: So I have to say, for for Cohaya's first round and giving it a go as executive director, uh, well done, and to have to have a solution or a potential solution ready to go and have one of the members of the committee reach out directly is uh, to you is fantastic. So I think that's a testament to what's Cohaya doing here in the state level, and I'm super excited to uh, to have. Uh, Kohaya involved on moving this policy forward. So,
0: thank you, Honor. You're
2: yeah. here. My pleasure. I am really excited to lift this industry up and see just exactly how far we can take it.
0: Well, thanks for all you're doing with Kohaya. I think there's a great group of people that have volunteered their time for the organization. And That's where nice. can people find? Where can people find out more information about Kohaya?
2: So you can reach out to us on our website to get more information. That's www.thecohia.org. That's C-O-H-I-A. You can also follow us on Facebook at Colorado H-I-A. And, of course, you can always send me an email. I'm hunter at thecohia.org, and I work for the members. So let me know what your thoughts are and what you need from us, and together we can make this happen.
1: And how many members do we have, uh Hunter? It's pretty impressive actually.
2: Right now we have two hundred and eighty-eight.
1: In Colorado. Oh. For perspective? Yeah.
2: Yeah. For so, perspective. And- per
1: perspective national, national has around seven hundred. So we have wow. about you know two yeah, we have we have a lot of members here. I think we have the most of any states. Um Sydney State HIA chapter.
2: Definitely. we're we're, and it's only just begun
1: (laughs) and so i think it's important for legislators to understand that as well and and you did a great job of of letting them know the number when uh tim gordon got up there and said 250 i was like what are you serious and then he said no the number is actually 288 i was like oh that's fantastic right so well done
2: it's building all the time i couldn't Shows the excitement and the interest in
1: the industry yeah
2: it's fantastic i'm happy to be here um Rick and Morris, there is something that I would really love to address in this conversation and that's the conversation around hot hemp because that was also very much a learning curve and I feel like one of the things that we can do better is to really educate our members and I've had a lot of questions about it so I would really love to take a second and talk about that if we have time.
0: Sure. Talk away.
2: All right. So, the, the real issue with hot hemp, first of all, is it's a very passion-driven issue, and I am absolutely not a fan of the amount of loss and destruction that occurs because of hot hemp, but I would really like to clarify that when it comes to public policy, and, and even knowing this, we still need to work on our own ability to communicate this, but we cannot across departments when it comes to the regulatory bodies we really have to make sure that we're working with the regulatory body that is in control of the conversation and the regulation so in this particular conversation our regulatory body is the medical enforcement division and also the department of revenue this is very much a marijuana based bill That the hemp industry came out to support. And the reality of hot hemp is that this is gonna be a conversation to have with the Colorado Department of Agriculture, but it's because of the way that the statutes are written. And unfortunately, we don't have the opportunity to deal with those statutes in a single piece of legislation. That's gonna be something that we're gonna have to work very hard with the Colorado Department of Agriculture and figure out how we want to tackle this issue going forward. A lot of folks have said that in the next two or three generations with a certified feed that we're not going to have issues with hot hemp, but I think the reality is that the cannabis plant is very malleable, it's excited, and it will overproduce THC when it's stressed. So this is an industry issue that we're going to have to figure out, but this particular bill Is one step towards recognizing that stalks and stems have a lower THC component, but this is not the solution to hot hemp. And when we stress hot hemp in this conversation, we simply use it becomes a, a confusing conversation. And all that does is weaken our argument. So we really need to make sure that we're having the same conversation and that we're focused on which regulatory body we're talking to and what we want from them. So I just wanted to mention that because I am hearing my members when they say that this should address hot hemp, but the reality is that this is not the pathway to do that right now. But I hear you guys, and I'm thinking about it, and we'll figure it out. But this particular... Bill was not
1: the way to do it. Well, this particular bill is dead, right? So the next bill has an opportunity to, to address that for real. It obviously does, I think. Well, but I think you're but, right. The conversation: this was a marijuana. This bill uh, was a marijuana bill for so the marijuana industry to take right. "quote unquote" marijuana and take their fibrous fibrous material and put it into a revenue generating opportunity, right? But yep. um, you're absolutely right. So, so. A bigger question a bigger issue is hot hemp. So North Carolina, as we testified yesterday, North Carolina allows you if you're if you if you're a hemp farmer and and your hemp goes up to one percent THC, they allow you you have to destroy the flower, but you can keep the sims, the socks, the seed and the seed and the roots, and you can use that in commerce. Because none of those parts of the plants, of the cannabis plants, regardless of whether it's termed marijuana or industrial hemp federally none of those have ever been illegal. None of those have ever been a drug. So what we're talking about, hot hemp, um, marijuana, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter at all because none of those items. So what Department of Ag in Colorado is doing by making people destroy their crop or keep it in field, actually it is it, there's no drug enforcement issue there for the stocks, the stems, the roots, or the non-viable seed. And that was from a lawsuit from HIA against the DEA. The first one, HIA one way back in the day was in uh, the 90s, but this one was 2001. The decision was 2003. So um, all of those parts of the plant have been exempt from the Control Systems Act since the beginning. So they've never been part of a drug. So what they're discussing and the fear and all the craziness around having to destroy the crop and all those sorts of issue, it, it, it's, it's a moot point. It's not illegal federally. So we need to deal with it on the state side.
2: Exactly, and then we need to to tackle that from the statute side and with the CDA directly. So right. great point, Rick, and and that's, that's hopefully another step that we're going to be taking as an industry in Colorado is to help clarify that legislation and that statute going forward.
0: Well, hopefully cooler minds will prevail like you guys have discussed here. We don't need a bunch of people out there saber-rattling and, and just poking around and stirring the pot for unnecessary reasons to cause division. I
1: mean, we had, we had one, we had one, we had one opposition person say, uh, well, I don't think the USDA really likes having like allowing him to be certified organic. And I was like, uh, I get up, I'm like, well, I don't really care what they like or what they don't. We're certified organic. So uh, shut up. Like you're, you you do not know what you're talking about.
2: And, and there was a lot of misinformation from the opposition, oh, crazy. but, Crazy. I think, but it, having been in the political realm, there is a real value in misinformation because it confuses the issue and it makes people indecisive about what's actually in front of them. So sure. it's really important to make sure that we're on message and that we're sharing that message and and making sure that, you know, as, as an industry that we're on point.
0: Thanks for your time, Hunter, coming onto the show and sharing all the information with us.
2: My pleasure. And I can't wait until we get to talk again. Who knows what will happen until then.
0: Thanks, Hunter. Thanks again to Hunter from Colorado Hemp Industries Association for coming on and discussing some of the current legislative initiatives and roadblocks we as an industry continue to face. As they say, it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. Moving along, I want to throw out a shout to fellow podcaster. That is Annie Rouse, who just launched her new podcast, Anslinger, which our listeners can check out at thinkhimpythoughts.com. Yes, that is thinkhimpythoughts.com. And I tuned in and listened to the first episode yesterday and have to say Annie did a fantastic job. One thing is her production is pro compared to the phone app interviews that we're doing. One day we'll get there, bud. In the meantime, we're going to be more seat of the pants and on the fly. And on that note, We're looking for an associate show producer. So anybody out there listening to this podcast, all 15 of you or four of you or two of you, if anybody listening has like, what?
1: I said, mom, that's not you. Mom, you can't do this.
0: (laughs) On that note, we are looking for an associate show producer to help us out and get the 422 up and running a little bit more pro. So if anybody listening has like super ninja podcast production chops, we are looking for you if you're looking for a gig. Just drop us a line and we can discuss the specifics. Upcoming events. We talked to Tom Dermody last week. There is an Organic Hemp Innovations event coming up February 24th in Denver, put on by the Industrial Hemp Research Foundation. You can look that up on Facebook. Just type in Organic Hemp Innovations and that uh, event page will pop up. And then also at the end of the month, Central U.S. Hemp Growers Conference February 26th and 27th in Madison, Wisconsin. You can go to HempEvents.org. You can find that info there as well as the Organic Hemp Innovations. But I will be out in Madison along with Doug Fine, Janelle Ralph from Palmetto Harmony, David Bush from the Hoban Law Group, Courtney Moran, and several others will be speaking to those in the Wisconsin, Minnesota, Midwest area about growing hemp.
1: Awesome. We also have the Let's Talk Hemp film series coming out for the first time. We're debuting at NOCO, right before NOCO, April 5th, 2018. We will be at the Lyric in Fort Collins. Uh, We have two viewing rooms. We have the night all together. Uh, We ripped out the whole place for the NOCO pre-launch party, the Let's Talk Hemp film series. So we'll be doing the first one uh, right before NOCO in Fort Collins. We'll be doing another one in Vermont, right around the Nikan Festival. There will also be the NECAN conference in Boston, rather. And we'll be doing one in Santa Cruz over Labor Day weekend, probably one down in San Diego around Earth Day. Um, we have Earth Day and the 420 down in California uh, with the Hemp Road Trip, the Cannabis Coalition there in
0: San Diego at Balboa Park. 60,000 attendees, Morris. So are you going to come down? I'm certainly thinking about it because I'll be there the following weekend for Kaya Fest with the Marlies that we're going to be doing in San Bernardino Preston Whitfield's working on putting together programming for the Education Before Recreation Symposium that goes in conjunction with that. We did that in Miami last year. We're doing it this year. So the plan is potentially to jump out to California that week before over 420 to 422 and do Balboa Park with the road trip and Dion and everybody that's got the general hemp thing going on and Dr. Bronner's and all that stuff. It would be a blast.
1: Yeah. Have you been to Balboa Park?
0: Well, I lived in Southern Cal back in the 90s, and I did go down there back then, but I haven't been there for an event like this.
1: Oh, it's beautiful. It's amazing.
0: I love San Diego. They got the best fish tacos in the world.
1: Whale's vagina.
0: <laughs> I thought that I was going to have better fish tacos when I went to Mexico, but you know what? I did not. San Diego still is number one on the list. Maui's so, number San two.
1: Diego, world famous. And San Diego has the best lobster tacos, but lobster burritos... You got to go south. You got to go to Puerto Nuevo, just south. You got to go to Ortega's Eight. place is fantastic. <laughs> Back then, you could just drive across the border and you were good. Like now, you got all sorts of
0: rectal cavities and weird stuff. <laughs> rectal cavities. That's weird. It's weird. <laughs> it is weird. So, hey, Noco Hemp Expo, let people know tickets are on sale at www.nocohempexpo.com. Sponsors have been announced. We have Pure Hemp Technology as presenting sponsor and we've got another 50 plus sponsors that are listed on the website, so go check those out. And we're working on programming and have just secured a couple of great keynote speakers that we'll be announcing in the next couple of weeks. So lots of things happening on the NOCO front. We had a great meeting today. You know, we've got a team of 20 plus of us and we had 10 of us meeting in Fort Collins today. So many moving parts, but we're really excited to how everything's coming together and the effort that's being put forth by everybody on the team. Including Three yourself, teams. Rick. I know you even rented a car to come up to the meeting today since your car was in the shop. That's impressive.
1: I did. I did. I was, uh, and then my, I did which was interesting because I didn't receive the invitation to go to, to, for college until after I realized it wasn't a little off the headquarters. So my apologies for being late, but we got some good stuff going and we're, um, we're rocking. And Noco's sold out, right? Almost sold out, right?
0: But it's sold out. Knows. of Floor space. And yeah, I mean, yeah. we've got a waiting list of like, I don't know, 50 people now. It's crazy.
1: It's crazy. When I was in Iowa at the Young Farmers uh, Conference, the Power Couples, I told them all about NOCO, gave them some stuff, and they were super excited. So we could have a bunch of Iowans coming out to try to learn a lot about uh, industrial hemp. That's the place to go. If you want to learn, that's the place to go is NOCO. So they uh, they understand that because we told them, and hopefully
0: they'll come out. Power Couples migrating from Iowa to Colorado. I like it.
1: Hashtag (laughs) PSC.
0: All right. Well, that's it for this week's episode. One thing I haven't mentioned on the show yet, that the intro and outro music you were listening to is straight out of a hemp-bodied caster guitar that I purchased from the fine folks at Canadian Hemp Guitars last year. And soon, this bad boy will be played through a hemp board guitar cabinet with hemp cone speakers that I'm having built as we speak on this show right now. And folks can check that shit out live at NOCO 5. So until next week, rock on, Rick. Rock on, brother.